Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello everyone, what is up? It is me, not Scott Tailford, but actually Ewan Patterson of What Culture Gaming, joined as ever by Jules Gill. Hello everyone. And Ben Roy Turner. Hello there. That was a long delayed hello there after the, the introduction. <laughs> yeah, video. anyone who's like not watching <laughs> the video side of this is just going to be like, where's he gone? That's the best thing about a podcast, and that's pregnant pause. <laughs> oh. Anyway, we're going to talk about the mechanics of how video games basically keep you hooked. Mm. Um, because this morning we kind of were thinking about uh, topics to discuss, and I brought up immersion and how games tend to really keep me um, keep me playing based on how much I can get lost in their given world. Yeah. You think of games like uh, Skyrim and Red Dead and other stuff like that where I basically just sank hundreds and hundreds of hours unashamedly uh, into those experiences because I've been so invested in those given worlds. Mm-hmm. And whereas on the other end of the spectrum, you think of something like Rainbow Six, which is my most played game ever, Siege. Like hundreds of hours. Yes, hundreds and hundreds of hours i probably could have learned a different language in that time but uh yeah that game kept me hooked based on the mechanics of its multiplayer yeah uh the seasonal changes that they introduced every now and then with the introduction of new operators and then them changing the meta and constantly tweaking the game here and there and that kept me hooked for a while and i thought it'd be very interesting if you basically go into that and talk about how the almost like the science of how video games keep you keep your interest for better and for worse because it is a sweet science because mm. if you are a video game publisher out there you're basically the more the more hooked you get your audience the more money you can effectively extort from them further down the line now i'm not saying that all games come up with an idea of trying to sell you something further down the line but if you think about it the games that do hook people in for the most amount of time usually end up being the most financially successful as well mm. so i guess what we're going to do is break down what parts make up immersion because Mm -hmm. for you you were saying before it's like world building it's about losing yourself believing that you encompass a role within there and that you exist within it so that's i'd say that narrative immersion is very narrative immersion definitely but it's only it's weird i have like a a niche thing with it Mm. so it's like you know you have a a well a well-constructed story can keep me invested for hours at a time uh but if i'm able to take on my own story and basically fashion my own rules almost like it's role-playing then i'll that basically gives me endless 
amount of time to just get invested and lost in something like you know I think El the Elder Scrolls is a great example of that because I can keep playing that not doing the main quest yeah. line and pretending what I am and what I'm doing in this world same goes for the current Red Dead Online they they've just introduced new roles for you to do mm -hmm. and they've integrated that immersive quality in the role playing aspect with uh, some of the things we're going to touch on later like seasonal events and you know um, the economy keeping you interested because those are those frontier pursuits as they're called mm. they are literally jobs that you do in the world and if you don't earn money in that game you're going to starve to death and your horse is going to be <laughs> so you literally you are playing not only to make a success but in the early stages of that game certainly you are playing to survive and not it's you know strange. it's not it's not difficult to get money yeah. but if you break it down to those exact elements if you were to just hop into red dead online and mm. do nothing you would starve and die yeah <laughs> so yeah. there you go yeah. What um what sort of games have immersed you, Ben Roy? Well, uh the one that I can think to a little bit while ago, it's first a bit vintage talk about this now, but mm. Minecraft. Okay. Mm. You remember just, you know, going into that sandbox and I mean I can build punching that tree. Yeah. After punching hundreds of thousands of trees, uh I think my account across three platforms is something like over five hundred hours. Mm -hmm. Uh just building things like, you know, I'm just gonna build the Golden Gate Bridge today. Nice. Now tomorrow I'm just gonna venture off into the wild and just see mm. what happens. See, Minecraft's an interesting one because there's no end game to it. In essence, you create yeah. your own sort of story they did and immersion. Add, like the Ender Dragon stuff, which people yeah, tried to latch into. So. But yeah, there's essentially there's nothing there. Like especially in the early days when you would go so far out in one direction that mm. the game could not render blocks anymore. And you get it's like you go to this weird like sort of like different world where half things are just being constructed. Weird. Like, you just like mm. it looks like imagine see like comets hit the earth and it's just like loads of craters and weird bits missing everywhere. That's that bizarre. was always fun to try and see if you could reach that area. So was it, because you, you touched on the creative aspects of Minecraft there. When I played Minecraft, it was a mix of the both. I enjoyed both the creating side and I actually enjoyed the survivalist aspect of it yeah. all as well. I remember that first night on Minecraft, I was like, oh, wee, look at this. Oh, oh crap, better dig a hole yeah. in the ground and, and pray that the, 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 the noises where it's all like, Ugh. I mean, oh, awful. what you've described yeah. there is probably the most sort of like on the nose form of a gameplay loop that you could get because you were basically saying like, okay, if I don't do this, I starve and die. But if I, I have to make sure I'm safe at night and then the cycle starts again. And a concept of a gameplay loop is basically at its core, the very thing that all of these publishers are trying to do. They are trying to hook us into this cycle of, well, you're never going to get out of this, but it's very easy to slip into it. And it can be sh shown in so many different ways in shooting games. Games, it's the feedback you get after killing someone because it's like an immediate reward. So you want to chase it again. You'll do whatever it is Let to get the it again. Let the numbers go up. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got like in FIFA or sports game, it's scoring goals. It's that immediate thing of like, I am winning and therefore that is the feeling I want to chase. But you can break it down even further and go into narrative gameplay loops because you are progressing through the story you could go through reward loops where you're doing it for like looter shooters like the borderlands 3 is a good example because it's just come out you're chasing that sort of uh, next big upgrade to your character but going way back way to my day because you guys are just it's just you're too young aren't Amoebas, you? I mean, basically yeah amoebas mm. and, and so you know back in the days of the arcade when i used to run around and have hair the arcade yeah it's it yeah it was archaic the arcade <laughs> And um, it was about the score. Literally, that was uh, what it was. You would be time crisis. What House a, of the Dead. I, I love Time Crisis. We, so we had that, our local UCI Park. cinema. We used to have a little arcade around the side. They had Time Crisis and uh, House of the Dead. You guys ever play Point Blank? No. no. Oh no, man, you guys are missing out. <laughs> you ever play Point Blank? There was there was, <laughs> you, there was one game in our arcade though. In um, I think it was a Hollywood Bowl. If, mm. they, if people know what that is, and um, you used to be able to. Uh, now I was about. 
I was about 13, maybe a bit younger. Pull, pull the plug out. Plug it back in. What? You got like 12 free credits. Whoa. You monster. Oh. <laughs> you absolute little tyke. Well, it's what you would spend. Anarchist your, Ben Roy. <laughs> you would spend all your money on that Jurassic Park game with the Lost World one. Yeah, and yeah. I can't dinosaurs. believe you, I picture 13 year old Ben Roy now with a Shea shirt on right now. <laughs> yeah. And just, Viva la Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> just get, get your friend to go and ask for help over at the other machine. Oh, the claw machine's stuck. Pull it out, put it back in. <laughs> Amazing. It. Sometimes it worked for Hasted Free as well. Tips for oh. Ben, tips for Ben Roy there. For cheap, <laughs> cheap day that is. Pull the plug Steal out. the game. <laughs> but, but those games are perfect examples because it was like you know a physical investment of like actual money to play those games. So you felt that your time with them was like okay, it's got to have some feedback. It's got to keep me uh, hooked in order to put more money into it. And how they would usually do that is by artificially inflating difficulty so that you would feel that when you overcame a challenge, you'd suddenly be like, oh, that was the reason why I liked this game. Or they would do things like reward you or they would just be like it would usually come down to the score if you could point at something and say well until Ben Roy came along and unplugged it and reset the scores. That is that mine is the t- mine is the t- mine is the top score. Then obviously it's something to beat and it's a gameplay loop in itself because you're like, oh, that that's the immediate feedback I get. Mm-hmm. It's it's so strange how many ways games trick us. And we've oh, I should say with score that kind of transferred over to the whole achievement thing mm-hmm. and then, especially for me. I do love a good platinum trophy. Right, yes. give me is, give me a good platinum trophy. It is the chase of the um, the platinum trophy that will see so many people immerse themselves forcibly into a game yep. because how many times oh, have you got to get those 500 bloody bird feathers again just yeah, to get this yeah. shit oh, and it's, it's so silly because it's yeah. like how many games do you know that have multiple difficulty settings that you can only get once you've beaten the game a first time but you sit there and you think ah oh, that was a 40 hour game that I've just spent my time on but it's the last trophy that I need to get, so I'm going to. This go is back the worst double-edged sword as well, because when DLC comes out, and then you—I mean, you oh, still get the platinum, but the, it still says you're not as yeah. complete anymore. Like, and I had that with the Spider-Man DLC, and like oh. I couldn't be asked because the DLC I thought was fairly lackluster compared to the main game. Um, I, I was like, well, now that I, even though I got the platinum, it's yeah. like, well, you haven't completed everything I've, now. I've only what? just finally myself gone yeah. back through the uh, the Spider-Man PS4 and completed it, and I finished it, and I was like, right, I didn't even enjoy my last three hours of playing this game because I just wanted will, it to be done now. Also, like, though, like, the Resident Evil 2 platinum, joy to get. Oh, yeah. Oh, Loved that was it. good. That was but fun. now that they've done that same thing, like, oh, there's a few more trophies in that really hard mode, which yeah. I can't remember the name of. Uh, it's just like, it's almost impossible. There's like, there's another 10, 20 hours it would take to get it. Are those the little, like, scenarios? Yeah, where you got to run through as the... See, I love them. I thought they were brilliant. But have you... Oh, that's the question. Have you guys gone back to that game to get those trophies I've, after the fact? Or does I've, it really turn you sour? I've 100%ed it. I've yeah. got all the DLC stuff and I haven't gone back and picked up that game or yeah. even thought about playing it, yeah. which is bizarre because I, I know I had such a good time. Yeah. That and control, both in sort of like the mm. same two weeks thin of, I'm just doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk under 500 steps or whatever that was, that one that was a nightmare. Not open a loot box. Uh, not loot box, the chest. Oh, yeah. Calling it a loot box. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not healing in one Yar, I found an ancient loot box. <laughs> you can't get me capitalism. But, um, and then there's ones like Rainbow Six. Mm-hmm, Years yeah. later, I went back and got that. Mm. And I got it. I was... About to get it, and then they changed the damn trophies. Yeah, and then it took me even longer. Well, to Well, the get. weird thing is, when I when this happens, I genuinely find myself almost being scorned. I'm like, mm. well, I mean, I've completed it now, but now you've taken away my nice little round number, and you've mm. told me that I've only create uh, completed seventy four percent of the game. I'm like, well. You lie. You lie, yeah. game. I'm not I'm not going back to this now. I mean, what we're experiencing here is like, uh, do you remember a while back, uh, we, I'm pretty sure we had Benji on the podcast as well, and we were talking about boss designs mm. and how they were sort of um, uh, changed over the years. 
And it comes back again to this gameplay loop of uh, and immersion of chasing a reward or, or having a reason to keep playing. And it was like we were talking about a D&D, the uh, first boss ever that had that golden orb or whatever it yes, was behind yeah, it. Yeah. And the developer was saying like, well, if you just beat the dragon, like, so what, what? You've done something, but who cares sort of thing. But I added in this orb so that it gave importance and weight to that orb and when the player gets it they're suddenly like hey i beat that dragon to get that orb and it suddenly means that they want to play more because what else can they get and obviously the hilarious part of that is when you reach a game's end game and you've Mm. completed stuff and then it gives you a item Mm -hmm. and you find no use to that item because you've already completed everything else but for some odd reason you've got it now you're like well i've got to play something with it dead Dead space Mm three with the finger foam gun Mm. the one that can kill anything by having isaac clutch going bang 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 which is hilarious you unlock it for like doing the hardest difficulty mode but once you've played through the hardest difficulty mode why would you want to go back and do it again because I mean yeah you can just breeze you can breeze through the game you've already done it all so what's the point going back to Resident Evil 2 unlimited rocket launcher yeah I mean just fire that boy at everyone and you can get through in about 30 minutes I I did that once just to be like well I can do it so I will do it (laughs) again in RE4 I think like the seventh playthrough I did of that I was like unlimited rocket launchers there Mm. take that Salazar you prick (laughs) one hit dead yeah yeah, on the topic of um, platinum trophies and 100 Mm-hmm. gamer score and stuff like that i think we the numerical value is interesting because before we get into um you know looter shooters and how they have n- numbers pop mm-hmm. up and you can mm-hmm. go into the science about like sure, to say sure, about that. Sure. and I, I will say that one thing that i've noticed from playing competitive multiplayer shooters more and more over the last decade and seeing how they've changed is that developers are constantly finding ways to make it feel as though you're contributing yes. even if you're not necessarily doing much like if you play battlefield 5 for now now for instance and that's obviously a you know it's great in one way because they're measuring contribution in different ways like you'll get points for reviving people mm-hmm. for resupplying mm-hmm. people for mm-hmm. healing people for building fortifications um, but at the end of the round when you have your different scores it ranks you based on different things so say just so people feel what they've rewarded if you were the third best reviver yeah. on your team it will say oh you were the third best reviver and you got this much score and stuff but in the grand scheme of things well you weren't the best so therefore it's and it, it, I find it very interesting how games are constantly now trying to figure out as many different ways of um, recognizing achievement and I can't tell whether the cynic in me is saying that's for people who aren't contributing in more typical avenues well or you, not. you also think of that um, that classic I say classic now it is a classic quote mm. from The Incredibles when everyone is super no one is and yeah, by basically yeah. saying you're the fourth best yeah. pigeon shooter <laughs> from Black <laughs> so from what it's called Battlefield Battlefield 1 yeah. and if you're like okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but I did it yay sort of thing so it's interesting how they're sort of uh, placating mm. people along it's the way it's kind of like um, Battlefront 2 got rid of surface and deaths yeah yeah and just sort of things like that, that just takes a bit of negativity out of the way mm. yeah yeah and with like the new um, especially Gears has gone this way, especially with five in the horde mode, where the um, certain characters are now have certain specific roles. So if you want to mm-hmm. be the person who's fixing things and building and have a vast array of I can build turrets, you've got to be like Adele or someone, mm-hmm. or if like I like playing as like a different character where I'm just the sniper guy who's just going to shoot these people. So I've not actually played um, Gears Five yet. Do you yeah. unlock um, like weapons and skins and stuff like that? Uh, the skin economy thing is a bit weird at the moment. I'm still confused by it because there's like iron and then there's another currency. I bought toast. I bought a toast emblem. A toast. Yeah. Just toast emblem, yeah. Okay, right. Just so just when I, I, thought I, misheard him when, then. when I tag someone, get a bit of toast above their head. But it's but it's little things like that. Yeah. It's again, it's a reward that you had to 
play time in the game to unlock. And, yes. and I miss the days of unlockables. Do you remember like playing Time Splitters 2 mm-hmm. or Time Splitters 3 or any Time Splitters game? And on every game that you did, you unlocked something Future new. Or a fun- That's why Spider Man oh, PS4 so was so great because, yeah, because it brought all- back the unlockable costumes. Oh, the amount of skins and costumes. And they yeah. all had abilities as yeah. well. It made you feel like it was impactful. Even if you mm-hmm. didn't like the style of it, having the ability that came with I it was think, just great. I think that's why battle passes are so prevalent right now, especially mm-hmm. like with Fortnite. And I'm a victim of this as well with the PUBG one where I've got every single one mm-hmm. and I like to get those lovely new um, colourful dresses or whatever they've got. Mm-hmm. I'm, at the moment, I'm running around the battlefield in the red co- cocktail dress yeah. with it, like a nice pretty hat and I'm just going to shoot you and then take... and. I've won. It's interesting you're saying about just like bigger sort of war things because uh, the concept of persistent warfare is something that a lot of uh, developers are realizing now. Like, um, have you played For Honor? Uh, no, but I yes. was going to bring up another example of a game that is coming out that, okay. that realizes that it's the as a service model, is but Marvel, Marvel's Avengers. Uh, that's going to introduce a thing where you're constantly having to react to different events going along with yeah. your team, which is a great thing yeah. for a superhero game because you are superheroes. But the idea that the war never ends, and what if you're like, you know, you're mm. tw- you're you're eight, and you're like, oh, I'm getting a text through my phone that's saying that yeah. Captain America needs help. Well, I need to get I back home right now. I have to play. I have to play in order, otherwise my team is. And it's basically about putting importance back onto the player. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. Like you were saying before about making them feel important through their actions of being rewarded, even for the most sort of like minuscule thing, but it's making them feel like they are part of the war effort, as mm-hmm. it were, big air quotes. And on it's that. um, it's weird because in a way, all this is so good that they're trying to play this and like get more out of a game, but at the same time, it does kind of handle the feel like oh, I've just got to go back and I've got to go back, and they never want you to leave, sort of thing. Well, yeah, they I mean, to spend more money. That's, we're seeing more of that in, in more um, in more like online video games, like you say, mm-hmm. like you know, Red Dead Online now has daily challenges, and if mm-hmm. you do what a set amount of daily challenges each day, you get a challenge streak, and mm-hmm. that increases the amount of stuff you get rewarded for for doing more challenges. And it basically saying if you log in this day, this day, this day, you'll do a um, Battlefield uh, Five again. One uh, each week, there is a new event going on, yep. uh, and then you notice these uh, events. 
and one thing that I think is interesting here is you know FOMO or the fear of missing out because yeah, exactly. when they have these regional these uh, these seasonal events you have specific things that if you don't play enough you're going to miss out on and one thing that I think the game that kickstarted that really was Overwatch and oh, the yeah. thing is yeah. when Overwatch came out and I was sinking hours of each day into that game I remember when it got to the uh, the Blackwatch event and I was like McCree's my favorite character mm -hmm. and I was playing so much and so much but the thing is the further you get to level 100 and then you prestige and go over again the the slower you unlock loot boxes oh, so right. when you're like level early levels you're getting a loot box like every pretty much every yeah. other game whereas now at the end one it's taking multiple games to get these loot boxes and as the days were going on I was like am I actually going to get this thing or not yeah. am I going to get it and I caved in and I bought loot boxes because I was desperate to get this thing and I got the skin and then by the time the event ended I got one more loot box naturally from playing and it had the skin in there again Whoa. it was a duplicate and I was like if I was just patient <laughs> if I just waited but you did but hindsight's 2020 yeah, yeah. in that case isn't it because you might not have but I was it. desperate. I don't play Overwatch anymore, mm. but I was desperate enough to have that skin that I invested in my own money to actually get it happen. Kind because of, yeah, kind mm. of did that myself with the the last battle pass as well. I really wanted um, the dress, mm -hmm. and I had to. I was just enough. Always, like, <laughs> if I slip it five quid, yeah, there you go. I'm I'm gonna get enough levels, and it's gonna. I'll have enough coupons that boost me all the way to the end. And I got it. And I'm still playing it, and I'm still wearing it, and it's FOMO. Like I want it's people tainted by yes, blood money. It's tainted <laughs> by the fact that I spent a little bit extra money. And then it's also we don't really get this here because I feel like as you get older, you don't really get that. But mm. with um, say Fortnite, the younger player base, there's always been there's been this problem recently of like people if they don't um, get these battle passes and get the new skin, they become yeah. what we call as defaults. And that's now right, become so a way... Like an insult It's almost. now become a way of bullying in, in the playground, like calling them the It defaults. sounds like sci-fi dystopia, that, it isn't it? Like if you've got body augmentations and you've got someone who's like, hey, you stupid default, what you going to do about it? Yeah, huh? I don't like that. I don't that's like horrible, it either. Man. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, it's good that these games are keeping us going and keeping us wanting to play more and giving us things to do. Mm. But at the same time, the, the negative side also might outweigh it in a bit. My, my issue is, is that there is too much to do in general, like uh, for the majority of people, they're going to be holding down a career or going to school or whatever. Yeah. And it's going to be like a nine to five professional thing. They get home, they've got their own personal stuff to sort out. On top of that, they've now got five games that are sending the messages and notifications saying that you haven't checked in on Mortal Kombat 11. You've missed out on this or there's there's like a thing that was a skin that was only available then. It becomes like almost pressure. Mm. And what what that fine line is is between making a player feel involved in an expanding and maybe developing narrative for the game itself and actually turning it into busy work and yes. that's a danger because once, as soon as it becomes job. annoying yeah games is a job and if it gets to the point where it gets annoying i immediately switch off it's kind of why i'm not like being told what to do <laughs> it's kind of why i stopped division two as well just mm. i can't have too many of these schluters yeah. that you know going along in the world because they just, as you said they just take up your time yeah. and it's too much to do it's like I can barely handle two, say, multiplayer games and then a, a single-player one that I'm playing on my own sort of thing. It's like yeah. you're juggling it as well as your career. As well, oh, do I do I go to Wolverine's with everyone after work or do I just yeah. go straight yeah. home and, and earn my thing? And, <laughs> and it's bizarre, isn't it? Because I remember being like a young kid and like coming back like after like school GCSEs were going on yeah. like the highest summer or whatever and you come back home from school and you just go I just want to chill out and play some games nowadays I come back and I'm like well if I don't log into this one I'm going <laughs> to miss out on this so see so like panic I'll meet you guys later I've got to go home you know and it's like? it's like Tamagotchi it's, like, it's like Tamagotchi it's literally like Tamagotchi it's like oh if I don't feed my Tamagotchi it's going to die yeah but I'm the one that's dying because I forget to eat I think that's why the satisfaction of a platinum trophy for me is because I know it's done yeah ah you're done now you're, yeah. you're in the bin that's terrifying so it's, it's almost like you know gaming as a chore and like a, you get a sense of relief 
that a game's been completed and that's, not a sense of accomplishment. That's what I think some of these games are trying yeah. to be. They're trying to take a part of your life and they want you there every day sort of thing. And it does work sometimes, but then you have to be like, wait a minute, let's just put you down and yeah. go somewhere else yeah. sort of thing. It's, it's almost like conditioning. Um, mm. Like games are conditioning you to expect this is the standard that you're going to get from it. Like with franchises, you're not meant to, like, don't ask outside of the box because you're not getting it. And like they even have in, uh, in-game features that trick you into thinking that you're doing something that you're constantly achieving and it's the thing that you were mentioning mm-hmm. before so i was reading it ages ago when it was uh, on diablo 2 or it was an old game uh the, the reason that sometimes you get uh, some games that have when you do damage to an opponent that numbers pop over their head is so that they can then be it's artificially telling you that you're doing something makes sense right because it's nice to see that you are chipping away at some of these yeah. health bar even though a regular health bar over the head would do just the same job mm-hmm. but psychologically it's completely different because then when you get a more powerful weapon and it goes from 20 damage to say 200 damage you feel like you have improved in 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 actuality killing an enemy late game versus how m- long it took you to kill uh, an enemy your same level at the beginning mm-hmm. is exactly the same it takes five minutes to kill this ogre takes five minutes to kill this giant pig demon at the beginning of the game or whatever like it's just artificial, but yet your brain is telling you, no, I am better at this game now. <laughs> like, it's like this ah, sweet serotonin. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that we're in We Happy yeah. Few occasionally with yeah, this sort yeah. of thing. Like, if I don't have a health bar on a boss or some sort of enemy that takes quite a while to fight, it can be infuriating, but then mm-hmm. there's some games that do it good, like Resident Evil 2, yeah. where, um, <laughs> back on this again. <laughs> where we see his eye, eye on his like, elbow that goes a bit red. Monster Hunter used to do that as well. I'm fairly excited. I mean, I'm trying to remember. So which game? Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah. The, not Monster um, oh, Lost Planet, sorry, as well. Yes. That used to do that, where you used to have um, visual cues mm-hmm. where to attack, and the animations would change the further you're getting on into the fight and see how long someone's injured for as well, which is, yeah. absolutely love Monster Hunter, though, because that mm. game is on paper, like... It's just boss, des- boss designed the game mm-hmm. and it doesn't have uh, health bars or anything like that, yeah. but yet it manages to convey how damaged a creature is with its animations. The and thing stuff. is, though, if I was playing that and one of those things ran away after about oh, a half an hour fight, now I'd be, I'd be, I'm, I, would, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. The the point you make about the the enemy suffering and you having the, the numbers popping mm-hmm. on your head, that's really interesting to me because it's almost as if you're aware of that at the time, mm-hmm. though, because if you go and attack and you go into a high level area and you don't have a strong enough weapon and you come back to it later on and you've got. You, basically the same weapon but it has a different name it's the same skin it's mm-hmm. just got a different name and it glows purple or whatever mm-hmm. and you go back and you start doing a damage to them you are like oh i've progressed and when really in actual fact it's just because they have the more bullet spongy than yep, before exactly um and that's an interesting thing is that compelling gameplay well i'd say no but that's why i feel like games like borderlands 2 and 3 especially are games that stand out from that because what they've done is they've made all of their loot because of the permutations mm. and the amount of um random sort of bits mashed together. I I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Procedurally generated Mm -hmm. uh, guns. It means that every gun does feel unique in some way. You might not notice the huge difference, but like it might be the way that the bullets hang about in the air for a bit or they dip after a certain time. Did they ever have a gun that shot a gun? They... To have a gun that when you reload it, you throw it like a grenade. I remember okay. that one. And, yeah. a, and a gun yeah, that yeah. you, I'm pretty sure that you fire a gun and a gun has legs in this new one. Yes, okay. there is a mini gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've still not got a gun that shoots a gun though. I'm pretty sure that they've got one. They must do. I feel like I'll that's, do that. I feel like that's so they have, obvious. Does it have in a James way. gun? 
<laughs> yeah, it just comes out and goes like, it just goes like it's Hades. Uh, <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, like yeah. there are so many ways that um, game developers effectively trick us into keeping playing their games. I mean, you've got the season passes that we've discussed before, like even um, the gameplay stuff, like uh, making you feel like you're being more empowered because that is a, a, a core feature of why we play games to begin with. But then you've got other stuff as well, which is like the narrative feedback. Like sometimes you'll just play a game so that you want to see how it develops and who's going to die at the yeah. end or what's going to happen. I mean, I think that we're talking about there, I think there's an interesting delineation we've, we've stumbled upon here is that, you know, games that make a chore out of being in them and mm-hmm. games that grip you in a narrative sense and, mm-hmm. and take you to this place and you're there and you're living it and you're not, you're, you're exploring because of your own free will, not because of any sort of obligation because you genuinely want to be there. And I thought that was the case of Red Dead Redemption 2, even though I had things like, oh, you've got to bring meat back to the camp, otherwise people yep. aren't going to be full or you need to... Uh, uh, make sure that you're donating and stuff. You need to keep doing this. And there are lots of different things and, inter- um, you know, uh, properties that are going on in that world at any given time. But because you're so invested in Dutch's gang and everyone else there, it doesn't feel bolted on. It feels like an organic part of the storytelling experience, mm. which is why when I was playing Red Dead Redemption 2, um, I was on that game for hours and hours at a time. And it was it's such a huge game. That story goes on forever. You've oh, never left. And, um, You've not left. I haven't left, not at all. And um, but by the time it was over, I felt like my emotions were just completely just on the floor because it was like I've gone through all this. I literally gave life to this group. Mm-hmm. I helped them live, and now they're dying. And it's it's genuinely it was one of the most intelligent ways of making in any other game that could have been just been seen as like an obligation to do something. But yeah. in Red Dead, when they they narrativize it so well, you're you're compelled to do it because you're like, well, I'm so invested in. I don't want Lenny to go hungry. Not yeah. Lenny. He can't go hungry. I've got to feed. <laughs> him exactly so like you got to do all that and i think that's a really clever example of course not every game can do that no but it is an interesting way of taking those mechanics that people would see as being ostensibly quite tedious or deceiving them into playing the game for longer mm-hmm. and giving them a genuine reason for actually doing it. There is something to say about the game that takes a piece of you with it when you finished it. Yeah. Like for me, Red Dead was one of them. Mm-hmm. And probably another one was like maybe The Last of Us. Mm. Yeah. Where, by the time you get out of there and you're just like, Oh. Horizon Zero Dawn for me as mm. well. Just kind of like you just end up getting, when you come through the other side, you're like, yes. that was an experience. Especially and that that last like, third, the, the the final battles you have and that sort of thing. Like it just really, so I, I don't know what, it grabs onto you and then when you let go, it's like, kind of like how I felt at the end of the Lord of the mm. Rings that like, when mm. we finally put it, I was like, I, I missed this now already. Like, I just want to go back in. I guess it brings up a good point, which is the sense of the end game. Because yeah. at the end, at some point, no matter what game you're playing, you will suddenly become aware that you are playing a game and you'll ask yourself, maybe not out aloud, but you'll just suddenly be like, what am I doing? Mm. And sometimes th- that's answered by, um, I've noticed this, like you look at annualization for games. It's something that we're going to be discussing later on in another podcast. Games like FIFA and your sports sims and stuff like that, when you get good at that game, usually is about a year into it and it, or the system gets reset every single year. Because so you don't become too aware of the end game and you buy everything again exactly the it's same. It's interesting because with FIFA, I, the, I, I try, I'm never interested in the ultimate team stuff. I can't get my head around it. I just don't care. I mm-hmm. think it's all very predatory and just very nasty. Um, I have been playing the career modes on those games for a while now and they're, they're poorly constructed. They're really, they never really? see any attention because FIFA are more concerned with putting money into, you know, ultimate team and, yeah. and that's where their main cash cow is and whatever. Uh, so playing the career mode, 
And even while, you know, at the, at, when you first start, it's like, oh yeah, I'm doing every, I'm fulfilling my fantasy of being a football manager. Yeah. And then you play more and more and more and you realize, oh, I can see the patterns. The patterns of the cracks slowly start to develop as you keep on playing. And that's an interesting one because the, the, the way that game is meant to keep you hooked is like, like you say, like the, you know, scoring goals doing well, mm-hmm. but it's when be- you realize you figure out the game system and then everything just plays easily and you get bored that way. Every time I say it, I don't get it with these, with FIFA games and everything like that. I mm-hmm. remember I got so many of those WWE games for so yeah. many years. Yeah, exactly. And when I finally stopped getting them, I was like, I, I don't miss this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you look at it and especially in the current trend today, you've got... NBA 2K20, everyone's talking about that at the moment for all of the wrong reasons. Cheering at a slot machine. Well, it's it's also just the fact that on PC, somebody found out that the NBA 2K19 logo was used or other assets were just ported straight across, that there was a sheer laziness applied to that game, which makes you suddenly aware that the end game of franchises is it's going to cannibalize itself. Like, there's no way that it's sustainable into the future. But it's something that we will be talking about in the future. So I guess what we're basically saying is like, yes, there are, Probably like two, there's a good way and it's a bad way of like, they can keep us hooked. Oh, yes. yes. You don't want to be deceived. Yes. No, exactly. That's mm. the thing. And you said, well, you said, what am I doing? Like sitting there trying to get the series 2.0 achievement, just shooting the same four enemies over and over again for hours. Like, do I need to be doing this or could I play something else I guess, or do something else? I guess it's like um, the immersion breaks down as uh, the same thing of uh, cinema. It's a suspension of disbelief. Like, you play by the rules and we'll just go to a magical world together. But there's a difference between suspension of disbelief and being lied to or being deceived, like mm-hmm. you're saying. And yeah. some of them really do try and do the con job on you. I mean, some games like, is it Eve mm. online? You can turn that into an actual job. Yeah. Like, But you have to work a full-time hours to do it. Like, It's it's a strange world we live in, yes. for sure. It's, uh, in, I'm very curious to see how this develops over the next few years yeah. and the next console generation generation and whether we see more of these um because i i think the further we get into this the more transparent it becomes mm-hmm. i think that that way we'll probably see people leaning into more experiences maybe like a red redemption 2 or whatever yeah. you know uh, but yeah please let us know what you thought of video game immersion on what you think of actually how the science of how video game studios actually keep you playing have you ever felt deceived or are you willingly engaging in this beloved hobby of us please let us know your thoughts down in the comments below reach out to us on social media as well you can catch Jules at at retro j with a zero you can catch me at you and runes things you can catch ben roy at at ben roy turner that's cool and we'll see you next time. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and head over and check over the What Culture Gaming podcast on Acast and other places too. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax – 
with their 20 plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.